going to be learning Kutzei Sifis, Chelak Tazvav, the fifth Sicha, the Parshas Chayasar. And this Sicha is really a Sicha regarding the Neres of Hanukkah and the miracle of Neres Hanukkah. So the, let's start the Sicha. So the Rebbe brings from the Shalad that all the, the Parshas of Shavu is always connected to the Zman of when it's Chal. So since Parshas Chayasar is Bider Klal connected to Parshas Chayasar, it's usually Shabbos and Barachim. Therefore, there's definitely a connection between Chaydish Kislev and Chayasar. And what is the Teichen of Chaydish Kislev? We have to look at the Yamam Yuchad and the special days which occur in Chaydish Kislev, which is Chanukah. As we see in Halacha, that the month is transformed by the Yom Tav which is in it. For example, we have the Chaydish, or we have Chaydish Adar, which has Purim inside of it. And because Purim is in the month of Adar, therefore it's the month which was, was Napach, the Yagam the Simcha, it was a month which was Napach, the whole month is transformed to a month of Simcha. And that's even the Gela Halacha. It says that someone's going on a trip and he's not going to have a Megillah, and he won't be able to read the Megillah on Purim, and not even on the days Yud Aleph, Yud Beis, Yud Gimel. He won't even be able to read it from Yud Aleph and onwards. The Lacha is in these situations, Peshat Sadchak, he could already start reading the Megillah, from Rosh Chodesh Kislev, because Rosh Chodesh Kislev already has a connection to Purim. So the point that we're seeing is that the, the Chodesh month is always connected to the Yom Yuchad that you're in the month. The, the Yom Yuchad really reveal what the month is about. Similarly, also by Nisim. Nisim is called the Chag Ha'gulah. The whole month is called the Chag Ha'gulah. It's not just Pesach. The whole month is the Chodesh Ha'gulah because of Pesach, which is in it. So who had been by 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 Kislev? So the, there must be a connection between the month of Kislev, which is really the idea of Mitzvah of Neres Hanukkah, and Parshas Chaisar. And the connection is, because it tells us in this parsha that when Yitzchak brought Rivka into the tent of Sarah, his mother, the, the miracles that were occurring with Sarah also occurred with Rivka. And one of those miracles were that when Sarah would light the Shabbos candles on Friday afternoon, those candles will remain lit until the following Shabbos. So even though the oil which was put in there should have only been enough for a few hours until after Suza Shabbos, nonetheless, the candles actually lasted an entire week, and the same thing occurred with Rivka. So the connection between Neros Hanukkah and the Neros of Sar and Rivka is, is that both of them have this miracle which are connected to the, the candles, that the candles remain lit for a much longer period, which was naturally should have occurred. But the Rebbe continues that that's the connection, but nonetheless, it's it's understood that Hanukkah has a the miracle of Hanukkah has a big chiddush over the miracle of Sarah, the near Sarah Rivka. The Rebbe doesn't necessarily explain why, but Pashas the reason why it's a very big difference is because the Neros of Hanukkah, of course, is a mitzvah which the Chum were prevail the Deiris. And it's a mitzvah which is miskab b'chot Everyone does the nearest Hanukkah. And it's considered one of the prime uh, times of the Jewish people. And the Rebbe says, Ubefrat, he doesn't explain, he says it's moven, that it's a chiddush. And then he says, Ubefrat, that we know that because of the miracle of Hanukkah, we are kveya yamtif. Meaning, in addition to the mitzvah of laying the Hanukkah candles, there's also a yamtif during those eight days of Suda, Mishta, etc. And this is according to all opinions, definitely according to, uh, according to Rashi that says that and when he explains the Gemara and Shabbos, it says that why were the Kiveya 
Hanukkah, you know, Rashi learns that it's talking about the Yom Kippur of Hanukkah that was compared because of Ne'er's Hanukkah. And even according to the Ramam that says that the Hanukkah was uh, was also Kabea. They were Kabea Hanukkah also because of the Nitzach and Amachama, because they won the war against the Greeks. But even the Ramam agrees that the reason why it's eight days, not just one day, why it's an eight-day celebration is because of the miracle of the candles. Also, he agrees that why do we actually light candles? One of the things that we do to celebrate Hanukkah is lighting candles because of the nace of Hanukkah. And also, why do we do Halal Bahidah? It's also because of the Neres Hanukkah. So this that we have a Udah, we have a Mishnah, we have we, we celebrate with physical food. That's because of the Nesach and Hamacham. Why do we have Halal Bahidah? Why do we light the Shabbos candles? That's also because of the Neres Hanukkah. So we see that um, even according to the Rambam, that it was Hanukkah was was established because of two reasons. But many details of Hanukkah were, were also established because of the miracle of the Neres Hanukkah. So we see that Neres Hanukkah must have a very great chiddush, a very something, a very special quality. So our sechus will discuss is what is the special quality that we have um, with regards to the, the Neis of Neres Hanukkah, which we don't see by the Neres of Sarvarivka. So the Pashtas, the Rebbe says, you can give a very simple answer. And you can say, like very Balabatish, that the difference is that the Neris of Sarvarivka only lasted seven days, but the Neris of the Neis of Migdash, by the Neis of Hanukkah, were for eight days, so it was, it was a bigger miracle. But the Rebbe says, that's such a difficult to say, that's, that's the big difference, that's the big Chiddush of Neris Hanukkah that lasted eight days and not just seven days. It's just a difference in Kamas. It's basically the same miracle, just that they only needed it for seven days, Sarvarivka, because it was from Friday afternoon to Friday afternoon, and we needed it for eight days. So it's, it's more of a technical issue. So very hard to say that's the Chiddush. It's basically the same miracle, just lasted longer. Especially the Rebbe points out, he, he, he's mayor in Ha'ara, that if you want to just look at the Kamus, you want to say that it, it lasted longer. It was the Kamus, it was a larger miracle. But he says the truth is there are details in the miracle of Sarvarivka that also had greater Kamus, because the oil that they would have put into the lamp at the base of Migdash would have been enough, was a chatzilog, was enough to last the whole night. While the oil, which Sarvarifka would have put in the candle, would have only been enough for a few hours, because they only needed the candles while they're eating the meal. So they actually put a lot more oil by the time of the Nes Hanukkah into the Mera. Masha'enke and Sarvarifka would have put a lot less in. Second of all, the miracle of Sarvarivka it was that they only needed to light it once and it lasted a full seven day period. So it's seven times twenty-four hours. Masha'in came by the nearest of Hanukkah by the base of Mikdash, they only needed to light according to most Rashainan, Me'erabad Baikir. So it only needed to last for twelve hours from the evening until the morning. It didn't have to be for twenty-four hours for an eight day period. It was actually a twelve day twelve twelve hour period according to many Rishonim. Some Rishonim say that you have to light both in the morning and the evening, but according to other others, that you only need to light from Arab at Boik, you don't need to relight it in the morning. And for sure, it's actually, if you look at the Kamos, it was a much larger Kamos by Sarah and Rivka. And third of all, Sarah and Rivka, this is a miracle that happened week after week, year after year, while Neres Hanukkah was only a one-time occurrence. So if you want to look at Kamos, so where was the longer miracle? It was actually, it wasn't just seven days by Sarah and Rivka, it was seven days Every, every week for years. So just to say that it was a difference in Kamos, that's an Indian that it's, it's essentially the same miracle. And even if you'd start looking at the details, you could see Milas in the, the, the Neres Sarvarivka over Neres Hanukkah, and you could say, fine, it's written at Milas in Neres Hanukkah over Neres Sarvarivka, but uh, it's hard to say one is greater than the other. It seems basically the same idea. 
So to understand this, we need to look at what exactly was the miracle of Hanukkah. There's a famous question of the Beis Yosef. The Beis Yosef wants to understand why was it that there was Hanukkah was established for eight days. Well, the miracle was actually only seven days because they had enough oil for one day. So that means the first, the first time they lit the candles wasn't a miracle. They lit the candles the first night because they had enough oil for one night and that lasted the night. So that, that was natural. And then the next seven days, that was really a miracle. So really, Nero's Hanukkah should only be seven days because the miracle was some, only seven days with, with the oil. And there's many answers that are given. Some say, well, the first day was really because of Nitok and Mahoma, and the next seven days was because of, 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 of the miracle of the candles. Other want to say is that the miracle was that they found this jug of oil. Everything else was coming. They found one jug. That was the miracle that they found it. And then the other seven days, the miracle was that it kept on rejuvenating itself. There are many different answers that are given, but the Rebbe is going to be focusing on two uh, answers the Beis Yosef, um, which can be really be divided into two categories. And we'll start with the first category is that it was a miracle in Kamos, how much oil there was, meaning is that Hashem created additional oil so it could be able to last in eight days. So the Beis Yosef explains like this, that on the first night, you poured in all of the oil, and when they came in the next morning, the oil, uh, the oil in the candle was still full. So they poured in, let's say, all the oil the night, they lit it. And when they came in the next morning to clean it out, they saw that the, the lamp was still full of oil. And that therefore, they had oil for the next night. So therefore, even on the first day, there was a miracle because the first morning, the oil was back. So they lit it the first night, which isn't a miracle. But when they came back the next morning and the, and the lamp was still full of oil, that was the miracle which occurred on the first day. And that continued each morning for the next seven days. And on the eighth day, it obviously did not occur, but the etzim oil itself that was there was of course miraculous oil, which was filled up on the seventh day morning. So the oil that would have been there in the candles on the eighth day would have been oil that was miraculously created um, the, that, the prior morning. So that, that would be the miracle. But Enoch Yinami, the first night there wasn't, but the oil that refilled the lamp on the first morning, that would have been the miracle of the first day. And then all the other days, uh, they were using miraculous oil. Plus, of course, it re re would re refill each morning. Uh, another option, the Beis of another Khoinim using, I should say also, it wasn't just the Beis but using the same style of the Beis it was that they will, after they filled up, uh, they fill up the, uh, each candle, and as soon as they finish, finish it up, the pach, the, the jar of oil, became full again. So it's again, it's, it's a miracle in Kamas that the, it wasn't that the candles were, they found it full the next morning, rather the pach itself, the jug itself, became full of oil as soon as they finished pouring those seven candles, the jug was full again, and they were able to uh, reuse that jug for the next um, seven days, eight days. So those are both miracles, basically, that have to do with the Kamas. But the question, the main question that the Ephraim asks on this, is that we have an Allah that you not only, you have to use Shem and Zayis. It says, it says in the Pasuk, Shem and Zayis, Kasifomar, that has to be olive oil that's going to be crushed for the purpose of using it for the Mar, for the Manair. The oil that they would have been using, according to the base Yosef, for the next seven days, wouldn't have been Shem and Zayis, rather would have been Shemen that was created through a miracle. So it wasn't oil that was uh, 
which grew on all, which were really olives that grew on a tree and they harvested and then they crushed and the oil was made. No, it never grew on a tree, this oil. It was actually oil that was created by Phoenici. So it's not olive oil. Olive oil means oil that came from olives which grew naturally on a tree. This is something which was a miraculous type of oil. It's fake oil. It's like you have real gold, you have fake gold. Real olive oil, this would be a synthetic sort of, of, of olive oil. It's not the same thing, so you wouldn't be able to use it. And they bring a proof from the Gemara. The Gemara tells us that, the Gemara asks, that if they, regarding the, the carbon iron, which is made of barley, that if miraculously uh, barley would come up, come from the heavens, would they be able to use that barley for the carbon iron? And the Gemara tells us that you wouldn't be able to because it has to be Maishra Seichem, has to come from your, from your dwellings. And this doesn't come from Maishra Seichem, this comes from Shemaim. So miraculous, so even though it would have been the same everything, doesn't make a difference. Since it wasn't Moshe Seichem, it was created in the Oifendisi. So same thing will be here. It wasn't Shemzais, it wasn't all of oil that grew on an olive tree. No, it was oil that was created in So that's a, one of the problems that the Koranian give, and therefore they give a second option, which I'm going to say in a moment. But before we get to the second option, I'm, I'm just going to give you one answer that the Rebbe quotes from the Flichemda, to, to answer this particular issue. So the, the Klicham that quotes uh, from the Taz, it's really the answer to the Taz, but the Klicham that gives, uh, adds more details, adds more explanation. So he wants to say that the Zoyer tells us that we have a rule that a bracha is, 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 cannot be chal on a Klirei, cannot be chal on something which is empty. A bracha could only be chal on something which is somewhat full, and then, or, or, and then it can be, basically, the idea of a bracha comes from the expression of that it's being misrabbed. It's able to multiply something. It's able to make something much larger than it really is. But it's not something which is created the mind. So, in other words, to make it simple, the difference between a nace and a bracha would be, a nas is something which is a higher, the mailam and a teva. And it could even be made, yeshma'ayin, it could be created something which is completely new. Something from nothing as a nace. While when a bracha is given, when we say a bracha is not chal and that means is that the, the bracha will be uh, chal in a way that it's something which is already there and just makes it much larger. For example, like it says in the Gemara that a person is coming to, um, to, to count his crops in order to be mafres trumas amaisris. So it says that when he, before he comes, when he starts coming to uh, measure his, his crops and to weigh the crops. He's supposed to say a bracha. He ratzan should tishlach bracha. Hashem should send a bracha into my crops. Once he's already making, uh, he's measuring, and he should say he ratzan. Then Hashem right now should be should be um, should should make a put a bracha into my crops. Once he's finished, he's not allowed to do that because it's already been measured. And we know a bracha can only be chal on something which is some and It's if you already know the number, then Hashem's not going to miraculously add more. But the idea is that while you're measuring or before you measure. Hashem will send the bracha into these crops to make it larger than, than what it is. But it's never, but, but a bracha will not make something which is a, a yeshma'ayin de kazach. So that's what he wants to say based on the zayr, that the nas will create yeshma'ayin, while a bracha takes what is already there and just makes it much more. So therefore, he says, what happened by the nas of Hanukkah? He says, it must, what, what happened was that they lit the oil the first night and they finished the oil in the morning, but there's still a little bit of the oil left. So the bracha that Hashem put into the oil is that the oil, which was already there, was Nisraba and became the proper shear. So it wasn't that the first night the, all the oil was used and then Hashem made a nest and made new oil, Yeshma'ayin, 
the next morning that the jug was still full or, or the candles the candles were still full. No, it was a miracle which was an open of a bracha. So it's still a miracle, of course, but it was an open of the bracha, which means is that the oil which was already there became more. So he says that since it's the, the original oil which was there, which just became larger, therefore it doesn't have the gather of something which Hashem created Yeshua'ayim. It's not the same as that story of the oil where Hashem causes barley to come from Minashamayim, because the barley that comes from Minashamayim, that's something, that's not chayv in the Oymer, it's not chayv in Jews and Meisers, it's not from Eretz Yisrael, it's something which is miraculous, it's something totally new. But over here we're saying is, no, it's the same oil. Hashem made it that the same oil itself multiplied. So the same oil that multiplied, therefore it, it would be able to be used um, for the Minayah. So that's what is this, a very interesting Chiddush. Uh, that's the Chiddush that he brings. And he actually brings a proof for this from the Gemara that I mentioned earlier, that when a person is going to measure his grain in order to be mocked, there's from it, that you're supposed to, as we said, you say a yiratsan. You say a yiratsan before you start and during, well, during the measuring process of the trumasamaisus, Hashem should send the bracha. So he asks that if Hashem is sending a bracha into the grain, that means Hashem is going to make the grain more. So let's say, you know, a, a PMS, there was, let's say, 100 stocks of grain there. But you don't, you don't know if it's 100, you don't know if it's, you have no idea, you measure it yet, right? You didn't count it yet. So you say this thing, he rubs them, and the Rambam actually says that the, it's matiach when a person is, is coming to measure to do trumas and maishas, Hashem will add a bracha to his grain. So basically what's happening is that when you say this prayer and you have kavana to do trumas and maishas, Hashem will add more grain into the stock. So if it's 100, now it's going to be 120. You will never know, because it's some of an eyes in which is hidden. But Hashem is sending brachas into your, 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 your brain, that it'll be more. So he says, if it's more, and it's, it's miraculous type of grain, how can you do Trumasamaisus on it? We have a rule that Trumasamaisus is only on grain which grew in it. It's wrong, not from miraculous grain. So how can you do Trumasamaisus on this? Some of it's really potter, some of it's chai. So you're gonna, what, if, what, if, what if the grain that you're taking to be mafish to Trumasamaisus is a really potter grain? So you're going to be eating tabo, everything remaining is tabo. You took off 10 pieces. Uh, and, and but the ten that you happened to choose were the ones that were miraculous grain. So so you didn't do trumasamaisus. Now you're eating kavul. Furthermore, we know that if you eat a kazayis of kavul, you get malchus. How can you get malchus for eating kazayis of kavul? What if they're? What if meaning is if it's what what if part of that grain that kazayis that you eat was really part of the miraculous type of grain that was never five trumasamaisus? That means if you ate a kazayis, part of that kazayis is really grain that which would have been popular. So let's say you come in, you say your your tefillah, you're about to start measuring. So another guy walks and chops the kazais. That person should be potter because we have to assume that part of the grain which was there was really miraculous type of grain. The Rambam says shetiyah. Hashem promises us that that when you're coming to be mafish trumas and that He's going to add to to the thing. So how how could you ever be chayiv in trumas and How can you be how can you ever separate properly? How can you ever be chayiv to get malchus if 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 there's potter the grain in there? Elamai the klichem the proofs from this that we must say that there's a difference between a bracha and a nest. If it's miraculous grain, that's something which created Yashmayim and Taka, that grain is not going to be high in terms of advisors. But if all what it's doing is it's taking that which is already there and being marbid and multiplying it, so then it has the same gender whatever was there. So therefore, just like the rest of the grain was high to do two misomizers, so when that same grain multiplied, the new grain is also going to be high in terms of advisors. And therefore, also on the flip side, let's say it was a situation where uh, let's say by the story of Elisha, 
where she had one jug of oil and it was just in Sarabda, it became much, much more. She wasn't high, the Tesefta tells us she wasn't high to do Trumasamaisus because it's miraculous grain. So he, he explains why is this. So of course you could say over there, over there also it seems like it was just a story of that it was multiplying. He says, because over there is the Pachem that she would have had in her house would have been Shemen, which was Potter from Trumasamaisus. Not sorry, it wouldn't have been Potter from Trumasamaisus. She would have, would have taken off Trumasamaisus. If it was oil that she had in her home that she was using, it would have been, it would have been, Masukin. It would have been oiled out, which already was correct, which already was Masukin, that Trumasamaisus was taken off of it. Therefore, you're allowed to already eat or drink that oil. So therefore, when Alicia, through a miracle, was able to multiply the oil that she already had, so just like the original oil was already Masukin, so also all the oil that was created or was multiplied from the original oil would have been the same, would have had the same DNA. It also would have been, it would have also would have been Masukin Dika oil, and therefore, uh, would have been okay. So that's how he wants to uh, answer uh, that particular question, that L'chayr, it was miraculous shaman, and miraculous shaman, you know, Nair, so he wants to say, no, it's a bracha, a bracha means that which is already there, it's just multiplying, so it has the same gather, what was always there, and, and therefore would have been proper shaman's eyes. That's how the Klichamda explains it. And based on that, what would be the difference between the miracle of the Neres Chanukah and Neres of Sarvarifka? So the Neres Sarvarifka, they lit the candles once, and the miracle was that that little bit of oil was able to last uh, seven days. Over here, it was, they lit it once, and that oil was done, except for a little bit. And then Hashem made a miracle, a bracha, a, a, again, a miracle and a bracha, and it was multiplied. So it was a very different type of miracle. By Sarah and Rivka, it was the oil, it one. A little bit of oil was able to last a much longer period of time. It was a change in the quality of the oil. That the quality of the oil was oil that lasted longer. Ashen came by the nearest Hanukkah, according to this explanation, it was the oil was regular oil. The Chiddush was that kept on multiplying that regular oil. So it would have been a different type of miracle because it was a miracle in common. So it would have been a, a different style miracle. But still, the Rebbe is not completely satisfied with this answer. A, first of all, because you have to come to the explanation of the Klichanda that the reason why the oil wasn't miraculous oil is because it was multiplied, which is definitely a very big chiddish. And second of all, he says, because we already see this type of miracle by Elisha. As we just said, Elisha, the the, the, tachem, the little asuch shem, the little jug of oil that this woman had, multiplied. So it's the same style of miracle. But for her, it wasn't being used to, to, to light candles. Fine, it was used to, to for panasa, for her to use for eating, for her to sell. By the menorah, of course, it was used for lighting, but it's the same idea that the oil multiplies. So there's no real chiddish in, by Neristanica. We already find the story already by Elisha. So these are the two problems with saying that's the chiddish of the Neristanica, because A, it would have been Shemanisi, which is hard in the context. Were you allowed to actually use that for the menorah, if that is what occurred? And B, uh, even if it would have been allowed, still it doesn't seem that there's a difference between that miracle, essentially, than the miracle that would have happened by Elisha. The second style, the second oifen of the miracle, from the Beis Yosef and the Pichadash, they give that it was a change in the quality of the oil. The Beis Yosef says like this, that what they did was, they each night, they only poured one-eighth of the, of, of the jug. So they poured one-eighth of the oil, so it's almost like, like a zikarim that they should light the candles, even if it's just for a few hours, it won't last the whole night in the Aravad Biker, but at least, you know what, they have a bisla, and a miracle happened, is that that little bit of oil, instead of just lasting for a few hours, actually lasted the entire night. 
And that's what they did for all eight nights. They poured in just one eighth. That one eighth was consumed. But the, the, what changed was that that oil was enough to last the entire night. So it was a change of the quality of the oil. Um, the Prichadish and others have problems with this answer just because why would they have done that? What's the point of putting one eighth? You're, when you're on night day number one or night number one, you're supposed to light the candles. So why would they only put one eighth in? If, 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 clearly, obviously, you wouldn't be able to do it for eight nights, but at least do the mitzvah once properly. So instead of doing it once properly, you did it never properly. You never fulfilled the mitzvah properly. It would have been better just for them to pour in the oil the first night and do the mitzvah at least once. Not now they did nothing. At least they, they had no idea a miracle was going to occur. So why would they have assumed to put in one eighth? Therefore, he wants to say, no, what really happened was they poured in all of the oil into the nair, like they should have. And when they, what happened was, miraculously, the next morning when they came back in, only one-eighth of the oil was consumed in the nair. So still seven-eighths of the jug, of the, either the jug or the actual nair itself, still had oil inside of it. Actually, they say by the nair. But they came back, they saw that the nair had seven-eighths left. And when they lit it that night, uh, one-eighth again was consumed. So when they came back the next day, they saw, oh, there's still six-eighths left and five-eighths left, and four-eighths left. And basically, each eighth left. So they take care of this issue that at least the first night they did do it properly. And then the following nights, uh, they just lit whatever they had left. Wherever was there, they lit. You know, you have no other choice. Whatever they have, they have. And Baruch Hashem, there was a miracle that they were able to do the mitzvah properly because it lasted the entire night. The problem with, with this approach is it's, it's really three things. First of all, as we, the Allah is that you're supposed to give enough oil, you're supposed to give enough oil that it would last the whole night, which the Chachamim were, were figured out that it would be about a, a, a Chatzilun, that we're talking about the long nights in Tevis, which was pretty close to Tevis, it was Kislev, okay, it was almost Tevis, those were the longest nights of the year. So what you need is a Chatzilug of Shem, not just one eighth of a Chatzilug, but rather you need so the law is that you're supposed to put a chatzilug, but they did, clearly. I mean, the first night they did, but for all the other seven nights, they wouldn't have had that because they only had seven, eight, or six, eight left. So for the first night, they did it properly, but for all the other nights, they wouldn't have been putting in the proper amount of oil. Furthermore, there's a rule that that a klisharis only is makadish, that which is inside of it, when it's full. What, what, when full doesn't mean that it's full to the brim, it means that it, you're putting in the proper amount. So, for example, let's say you have a mincha, which is flour, and the mincha is supposed to be in a sarn of flour. So, you have, might have a very big container, but if you only put a chatzi sarn in, it's not going to become kaddish because that's not the right amount. You're supposed to put in a sarn. But once you put in a sarn into that container, then it becomes kaddish because it has to be the right amount. So, if you're looking at the oil, if you didn't put the right amount of oil inside of it, then the candles wouldn't have actually been the kaddish that that oil, because it wasn't the correct amount, which is there. So according to the base Yosef's answer that the Lachatchil only put one eighth in, this is mamish an issue, because they didn't even put the right amount in, that means that one eighth wouldn't have been Kaddish. And even according to the, um, the Pre-Kaddish, I want to say that they put the full amount in, so if they put the full amount in, then of course the oil would have become Kaddish, and then whatever remained for the next eight days is already Kaddish, because it became Kaddish from all the prior, from, from the first time, and it was the right amount. So that issue technically would be taken care of. But nonetheless, 
for day two and onwards, they wouldn't have had the right amount in. They would have had less than the proper shoes. You're supposed to have a chatsi look. They did not have a chatsi look. That means they weren't doing the mitzvah properly. So that's the first problem. The Rebbe does point out that the faces of Rosh, they themselves ask that question, and they give an answer. They say, when is it, when do we say this lach of ten lach that you have to give the proper midah, that's only when it's possible. That when it's possible, you're supposed to give a chatsi look. You're supposed to give the full amount. If you have no other choice, then you just do the best you can. So they didn't have a choice, so they did the best you can um, and hope, you know, hope for the best, in, in other words. They didn't have a choice. But the Rebbe's not satisfied with that answer because the whole purpose of the nearest Hanukkah was that Hashem was showing uh, the Yidin HaChavidus, as the, I think it comes from Pnei Shu and others, that they, they ask is that we have a rule that, that we know that Tuma Hutshu B'Tzubar, Tzibar, that if the, the, the entire congregation is Tameh, or if all the Kalim are Tameh, or in this case all the oil is Tameh, then we have a rule that you're allowed to uh, that if everybody's tummy, then you could bring carbonus even when you or they or they are tummy. Or the Kalim are tummy. So in this scenario, since all the oil was tummy, they didn't have a choice. So halakhically, if this would occur nowadays, what, what would we say? What would we do? What we, we do is, we would say that we don't have enough oil, all the oil is Tameh. So if you go to your local rabbi, and the rabbi would say is you still would take whatever oil you have, even though it's Tameh, because since you, there's an obligation to light the menorah daily, and we have no tahar oil, then halakhically the Tumah is Huchu B'tzibur, we have to light even if it's Tameh, and you would bring it to Tumah. So the Pnei Yeshua asked, what was the miracle of Hanan? They could have lit the menorah anyways, they could have just used Tameh dick oil. Like, so we had this big miracle that they, they have a Pach Shaman, which lasted for eight days. What's the Maila in that? Just use Tamitic oil. The Pnei Yeshua wants to say is that the Vart is because of the Chavivis. That Hashem wanted the Yidin to be able to fill the mitzvah of the Hidr. The Hidr way is to use, of course, olive oil. To use Tamitic oil, but it's like a hat to, to be able to use it. That's not the best way. But if you're able to do the mitzvah properly with Shem and Tar, that showed the, the, the love that Hashem had for the Yidin. Showed the Chibas and Shal Yisrael. So he's saying is that since the whole mitzvah is a gather of chiba, that the miracle is a, is a gather of Hashem Shon chiba. So if they weren't able to do the mitzvah properly because they're only doing seven eighths or six eighths or five eighths, then Bapayo, they, they anyways weren't doing it properly. So what, where's the chiba in that? There's no chiba in Shon Yisrael. And the Rebbe even points out in, in one of the Ha'aris, and I didn't have a chance to look at the complete context, but he says that there's even a tzad to say that if Tain Malkimidasa, is a din which is ma'akiv, the text is Russian, they want to say that's only when it's possible. But if, according to the other opinion, is that it could be something which is ma'akiv, that you have to give the chatsi login, then they were actually obligated to put tamidic oil inside of the jug, in the, or the, 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 the canvas. If they didn't have enough the second night, they only had seven, eight, then since tumahutra b'tzibur, and this that you have, the full amount of oil is something which would be ma'akiv, then they actually have the obligation to add it. So the question that the Prikhanish is asking on the base Yosef, the how can you just give one eighth? It's not the right amount. They could ask on him too. The seven eighth, why? That's also not an amount. They should have took the oil and added it. So now you would have had the full amount. And that's one issue. That's one issue with, especially the pre-Chadish and the base Yosef's way, there was a miracle in the Eichus, the Lechayor, that they weren't put, how, where do you see the Kippasan of the Mitzvah? If they weren't put, putting in the lechatchiludik amount, or according to others, the amount which is the akib, which is a chatzilud, the pain lachimidasa. That's the big question. They pain lachimidasa. Second of all, 
according to the way of the pre-chadash, they had um, that, that they put in the full amount that only one eighth was used each night, that actually would have meant that they gave much more than was necessary. So, according to Allah, you give a chatzin lo because it lasts me erevat boiker. Tame luck can be dusty. You're supposed to give according to the midah. But according to this, they didn't give according to the midah. They actually gave much more than the midah. Because the pile, we're saying, is all they really need to, was what, that oil changed. The quality of the oil was such oil that you needed only one eighth of a chatzin lo to be able to last the whole night. But since you had uh, eight eighths of a chatzin lo, that means that it would have had enough to last eight nights. So you put way too much oil inside of it. So according to this idea of tame luck and you're supposed to put the right amount in, you actually didn't. You put in way too much. That would be the second question. Let me just point out to Ha'ara that, that, that you, can, you can argue on that particular question uh, because Rashi tells us that the amount that they figured out, the amount that the Chacham were kaleya, uh, to use for the candles was a chatziluk, a chatziluk of shaman. So, and it didn't make a difference if it was one of the longest nights in Tavis, which you needed the Chatzilov, or it was like a month, one of the nights in Tamas, where it was a very short night, they also used the Chatzilov. I, if they use the Chatzilov in the month of Tamas, they're not going to use all the oil. A, 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 a large percentage of that oil would be left over. So, uh, so for the Raim and others, say, maybe it's the Gurariye, Chumash, just if there's anything extra, it doesn't really make a difference. Meaning is they, they decided that Chatzilov is what's needed for the longest night. So therefore, they always put in the chatzilot. So that is, what does it mean? Tain lakvidas, if you're giving it the midah, which wouldn't be needed for the longest night. And even though for the rest of all those other nights, it would be too much, it doesn't make a difference. They were prevailed that the amount that should be given should be, should be enough even for the, for, the, for the longest amount. And anything extra, aim b'kaklum. So according to that svar, that it sounds like it doesn't really matter if there's, there's too much. So aim b'kaklum. So if there's extra, there's extra. So this is what they did. There was a, a kvias that you're supposed to have, let's say, the first night, all of it. So they put it in the chatzilot. Either is extra, so there's extra. Also the second night, whatever they had, they had the seven, eight, that's all they had. So they tried as much as possible to get the tenlach and also. But what we're saying now is it's actually more than what they needed. But so if there's extra, there's extra in the club. So it wouldn't, wouldn't make a difference. If that was just the amount they did their kvia, and if there's extra, and then it doesn't matter. So therefore, this issue might not be uh, such a problem. But higher that there are other ways of learning that Gemara. When it says that they give a chatzilog, we have the way of Tosis. He wants to say is that, uh, that maybe in, in the summertime they use larger wicks. In the Tavis they use smaller wicks. And, and so why was a chatzilog good for the whole year round? Because chatzilog was, was enough for, let's say, regular size wick, which they use in Tavis. And as the nights got shorter, then they started using thicker wicks. So still at the end of the night, they would actually be using all the oil. But either way, L'chaira, it's not such a strong question because you could say, um, having extra is not such a big deal. But then the Rambam asks the third question. The third question is, the Lachayra, if the echus of the oil changed, then for sure it's not Shemin Zayis. Saying Shemin Zayis is olive oil that's being used, um, that grows from the tree, etc. But this isn't regular olive oil, because the olive oil, the twinness, the, the qualities of the olive oil have actually changed. It's actually lasting much longer. Which is interesting when the Rebbe asks this question because if we look at the Moed Masimcha, he actually says that he actually says that the reason he quotes from Rakhaim, he says the reason why Rakhaim wasn't happy with the first explanation of that it's a change in commerce that each morning the jugs became full again, he says this because it wouldn't have been Shemin Zayis, it was miraculous oil. So therefore, Rakhaim said, no, it must have been that the original oil itself lasted for eight days because then this would have been oil that grew on a tree, it's regular oil that just lasted much longer. 
The Rebbe is saying, Adraba, the truth is, according to that shot, it's actually even worse because it's not, because that means that the, the, the DNA of the oil changed. So, yes, it might have grown on a tree, etc., but the oil itself is something which is much different than what it originally was. It, it, it was changed and it's able to last much longer. So, therefore, actually, it could be even a bigger issue. So, let's just summarize what we said so far. So, the, we want to know what is the, what's the chiddush of the nearest of Hanukkah, especially on the first night. Machayr, the first night, there wasn't any miracle because I was, they had a well for the first night. So the first explanation you wanted to give is that the miracle is really that the, either the jug or the candles filled up again, either the, the same night or the next morning. Uh, but the problem with that is, the main problem is that Lachar, this is a miraculous type of oil. It's not regular Shabbat uh, And we did have one answer we gave was from the Klichanda, based on the Taz, that it was really Baracha, it was just multiplied. The Rebbe actually have another answer, I forgot to mention it, is that maybe they can answer is that when it says that you're supposed to have Shem and Zayis, it doesn't mean that it has to be Shem and Zayis that grew from a tree. It means it has to have, it has to be Shem, has to have the Tchumas of Shem and Zayis. When it says you're supposed to use Shem and Zayis Kastelmar, it doesn't mean it has to be Shem that grew from a Zayis. It means it has to be oil which is, has the same DNA as Shem and Zayis, uh, which is being used for the Menorah. It has to have the same Tchumas as Shem and Zayis. All of it will be from anywhere in the world, so why can't it be from Shemayim? It just has to have the same Tchumas, and it did have the same Tchumas. So therefore, it could have been used uh, for, for uh, the olive oil. That's, anyways, that's one approach. The second approach we gave is that it was a change in echos. That what really happened was, either they put in only one-eighth each night, or they put in the entire amount, but each night only one-eighth was used. But the problems with that is that A, L'chaira for definitely the second night and onwards, they weren't putting in tenlachvidas, they weren't putting in the proper shi, which is the chamur kaveah. So Ebezai, it wouldn't have been the hider mitzvah. And the whole point of Neris Hanukkah that they dafka used olive oil was because of the uh, a, a tardika olive oil was because Hashem wanted to show he bossed in Yisrael that he la- allowed them to do the mitzvah in the oifin of Hidr. And he said, especially according to the opinions that Tainla Kamidas could be maybe a shoe which is an akit, then they would have been chayef to actually put in tamidika oil. Point number two was the lachara, according to the, the approach of the pre then there actually would have been too much oil in it. So it wouldn't have been Tainla Kamidas, it would have been too much. And the third problem is that there's a change in the olive oil. This isn't Shemin Zayis. This is Shemin Zayis that's able to last a much longer period of time. That's not regular olive oil. This is, this is definitely miraculous olive oil. It doesn't even have the same characteristics as olive oil. So, the Rebbe comes up with a, a third solution or third option of what the miracle of Hanukkah was. And through this third oifen, he would take care of all the questions that we had earlier, which was, if we're saying that it had to do with Kamos, the, the, the oils was created in oifen Nisi, and even though we had some answers for it, but still essentially it is a miraculous type of oil. And also what's the difference between the miracle of of Hanukkah and the miracle will happen with Elisha. And then we said, according to the other option, that it was a change in Echos, then we have certain halachic issues uh, about the not putting in the proper quantities, and also there's it's also miraculous oil. And third of all, it would have been the same as the miracle of Sarah and Rivka. Sarah and Rivka, the oil lasted for seven days, so there's a change in the quality of the oil. Same thing by the oil in Hanukkah, then it wasn't really a, a major change in the uh, in the essence of the nest. So the third item the Rebbe says is like this. That we have to say is, 
that the oil that was being used was completely regular oil. That's, that's the main issue of the year. If it's miraculous oil, then it's not really a hidra mitzvah. It's, it might not even be a mitzvah. Is, was it even kosher? How can you say it's definitely not a hidra mitzvah if you're using questionable level of oil? Sorry, these are my own words. That doesn't say this idea, but he's saying we have to say that the oil is proper oil. So it was being proper oil that was being used. And the Chiddush would have been was that the oil, as it was burning at night, at the same time that it was burning, it wasn't burning at the same time. So it was burning, so it would have been consumed to cause the flame and the light of the moon to be created. But at the same time that it was being consumed, it actually wasn't being consumed. And we find this idea also by the Tznet. It says that the Eishel Maila, which came into the Tznet and, and spoke with Moshe, uh, it, it, it was Serephus Bein Echel, says the Eishel Maila burns but doesn't consume, that the, the, the Tznet was burning, but at the same time that it was burning, it was, wasn't actually being consumed. So we see this concept somewhere else. There's still a difference between the nearest Hanukkah and this, is that by the nearest Hanukkah, by the Tznet, the fire didn't come from the actual bush itself. The, the fire came on Maila and was in the bush and was burning and not burning at the same time, but it didn't actually come because of the burning. So it was, it was extraneous fire that the place of this fire was in the bush and it was burning but not burning. But by the Chiddush of Neres Hanak is that the fire itself came from the oil. Because the halacha is, it can't be an Eishel Maila which is on the menorah. It's not like the Mizbeach which had an Eishel Maila on it. The, the menorah had to be Shemin's ice cost more. The, the Lama or the Shemin's ice had to be crushed for the more to cause the light. So the oil, the fire definitely had to come from the oil itself. So the fire came from the oil. But at the same time that it was being consumed, it wasn't being consumed. So this is the idea of what we have a concept called nimnam nanais, that by Hashem, the impossible is, to say something is impossible by Hashem is also impossible. So therefore, the famous question is, could Hashem create a rock that he's not able to pick up? So the answer is yes. But if you say yes, of course, that means then there's all of a sudden something that Hashem can't do, and Hashem could do anything. So the answer is, at the same time that he can't do it, he could do it. Hi, how can he make himself not be able to pick it up? At the same time that he's making himself not being able to pick it up, he is able to pick it up. That doesn't make any sense. Either he could or he can't. That's nim nim nice. Meaning is that the rules of logic that we have, we have certain rules of logic. And by our rules of logic, certain things are possible and some, certain things are not possible. By Hashem, these rules of logic, they themselves are something which are created. So since he created the rules of logic, he's above the rules of logic. Therefore, he's, it's, therefore he's able to do things which, according to the laws of rules of logic and physics, is impossible. Another example would be is, could Hashem take an elephant and put it into the eye of the needle? But the eye of the needle doesn't get bigger. And the elephant is not actually squeezing through, the elephant staying exactly the same size. Doesn't make sense. How could the elephant stay the same size and the needle staying the same size and they're going through each the, the elephant's going through? That's impossible. So the idea is true. Nimnam nice. By Hashem, he could do anything. So for, therefore, over here by the oil, at the same moment that the oil is being consumed to create the light, it's actually not being consumed. Aye, if it's being burnt to create the light, that means it's getting less. So it, it's leaving. Some of the oil is leaving. Hashem could create more oil, but the oil that's being consumed is being consumed. Saying no, the nimlam noise, the oil which is there is burning, but it's not being consumed. It's being consumed and not being consumed at the same moment. That, that's the lush. It's being consumed and not consumed at the same time. An example of this idea we, we find by the arm. It says the arm minamida. That the arm was two and a half feet in length. And we know that the Kaddish Kadashim was ten feet in ten amas, not feet, I should say, two and a half amas in length, and the Kedusha Gadashim was 10 amas in length. And it says that if you would measure from the wall, one wall of the Kedusha Gadashim to the other wall, it was 10 amas. It says if you measure from the 
while the Kedish Gashim to the RN, it was five amas. Then you'd measure the RN, it was two and a half. And then you'd measure from the RN to the other wall, it was five amas. That equals 12 and a half. So you could have two people doing it at the same time. One person is measuring wall to wall, it equals uh, 10. Another person is going each part on its own and it measures 12 and a half. That's impossible. Is it 10 or is it 12 and a half? And the mighty rules of physics doesn't apply by Hashem. That's the nice. So that would be the miracle of Hanukkah, that the oil was completely natural oil. And at the same time, it was completely above nature. It's the Maila from any type of Maila And the Rebbe says, even a deeper way, and this is interesting, she says even deeper that the miracle actually came because of the Midah. The Aaron had to have certain measurements. If the Aaron had the wrong measurements, then it wouldn't have been Kashul Lamanera, and it wouldn't have had this miraculous Enomina uh, aspects to it. It's only because the Aaron was made according to the rules and the measurements of the Torah, that's why it was also Enomina So the Mida comes first. The natural part came first, and because it was according to the natural measurements that Hashem gave it, that's why it was Lamaila Minamida. It's the same thing by the oil. The oil was natural oil, it wasn't miraculous oil. It was dafka oil, which was able and kosher to be used for the, for the Menayah. And because it was kosher oil to be used for the Menayah, therefore the miracle of Eina Minamida or Lamaila from the Indian of Kilayim was able to apply to it. So since it was able to be consumed, that's why at the same time that it was being consumed, it wasn't being consumed. So therefore, the Rebbe's being Madgish the opposite type of point of the other answers. The other answers are having this problem to a certain extent that the oil that they're using is miraculous oil. It's not natural olive oil, which is what's supposed to be used for the Menayah. But here the Rebbe is stressing that not only was it natural olive oil, he says, but even the miracle that came, that it wasn't being consumed, was only because it was natural. So the miracle itself stresses how Mahududik of this mitzvah was, that only because the mitzvah was being done in the proper way, that's how the miracle that it was not being consumed was able to happen. And of course, that would be the, the, the miracle and the quality over the nearest of Hanukkah, over the nearest of Sarvarivka. The nearest of Sarvarivka was just a change in the uh, quality of the oil that instead of just lasting a few hours, it lasted a full week. Mashiach can over here, every single moment was a miracle because every single moment was being consumed and not being consumed at the same moment. So it was constant miracle, a constant miracle every single second. That is the end of the nigla portion of the Sikha. And then the Rebbe discusses this, these concepts, these three st- levels of miracles, the three of Fanim and the miracle of Hanukkah in Avedis Hashem, which we'll discuss quickly. The first oifan of the nest was, we said it was, it was a miracle in Kamas. Let's say each morning they came back and they found the jugs or the, or the candles full of oil again. So what does that mean? That means it was a one moment miracle, um, but that one moment miracle was able to help them the next night to be able to light the candle. So it was a one second miracle that Hashem did that he made it be full again, but that was what allowed the miracle to happen the next night. So even though when they lit the oil the next night, it wasn't actually recognizable that it was miraculous oil. A bystander who just came in and would have seen them light the menorah wouldn't have seen anything miraculous. He would have saw full jugs of oil, full candles worth of oil, and it lasted the whole night, no big deal. He wouldn't have even known that it was filled up miraculously that morning. So in Avedis Hashem, what is the show? But first of all, to be mocking, what is the idea of a Ness in Avedis Hashem and Teva in Avedis Hashem? So Teva in Avedis Hashem means serving Hashem al Kitamadas. Teva means according to the rules of nature, which is logic, that you're serving Hashem logically. Hashem gives Tara Mitzvahs, 
and you logically follow whatever the rules of the Torah mitzvahs are, that would be Tam Vadas. is that when a person goes, it's in a Mitzvah that even when it doesn't make sense logically to do a particular mitzvah, for example, a person could, is, is, is threatened with the life to bow down to Avay Dazar. So logically, you could say, look, I don't really believe in this Avay Dazar, so you want me to bow down, I'll bow down. And by doing that, I'm doing something I don't believe in anyway, so it doesn't really have any value to me. And then I'm, you know, I'm able to take, uh, continue my life as a firm Jew. I'll go somewhere else. I could keep Shabbat, Shabbos and give more tzedakah, et cetera, et cetera. So it makes a lot of sense for me just to do this one thing, uh, logically. No, we have this Indian of Kabbalah, Mr. Nefesh Hashem says that for three mitzvahs, you're supposed to be Yavar al Yarev. You should, you should be willing to give up your life. So, so let's go for this first item based on that. So every, you always need a miracle. The miracle is that wh- what is your foundation? Where does this oil come from? The oil comes from Kabbalah's all Messias Nefesh. A person that just serves the Sem of Tamadas, we have no idea wh- wh- where that will take him. A person just serves the Sem of Tamadas, he could go completely in the wrong direction, uh, directions. And things, things, he could start thinking that, that certain things which are moral and things are immoral. Mitzvahs that he, he could set, certain mitzvahs have changed. Certain mitzvahs makes more sense to do in a different way nowadays. These mitzvahs don't apply. Maybe we should add different mitzvahs. When you just work with Tamadas and your foundation isn't the Ma'ilim and Tamadas, it's Hashem is the king. Rather, it always needs to be, you first, it always needs to be a Kabbalah's all, that, that, that uh, irrational exception of whatever Hashem tells me is 100% true, and that's 100% eternal regardless of what makes sense to me. That is the foundation. Something which is the mile of the Tamadas that you cannot change based on logic. Once you have that foundation, then you have Tamadas that tries to figure out what's the best thing to do in any given situation. So your, your sight is that whatever Torah mitzvahs Allah tells me that is correct. And now on any given day, you need to figure out, okay, so how different options. How should I spend my day? Should I do this mitzvah, that mitzvah? How should I break up my time? Should I learn this thing or that thing? So that's using your Tamadas. So the Kabbalah's all, is that it's Torah Mitzvah Hashem is the foundation. And then the Tamadas is to how to do the Vaidiba Palmash. So what does that mean? That's basically meaning is that there's one moment of Mr. Snapish. Rebbe says that each morning by saying Kriyashma, Kriyashma is even Mr. Snapish for Hashem. So you're the Omaku Shemaim, you're willing to go Mr. Snapish. And that gives you the, the ability for the rest of the day to do the Torah Mitzvah properly. When is this type of Avaida really relevant? He says that's a, relevant for the time, but that's an Avaida Tzadik. But he doesn't have any issues. The only issues is, what should he do? What's the best way for me to connect to Hashem? So we tell him that the best way is that you need to have Kabbalah Sol, and then with the Kabbalah Sol, you can use your Tamadas to try to figure out what the best thing is in any particular day. But that's only when there's nothing which is fighting against him. So the miracle is for one moment, but that miracle lasts for the rest of the day. But it's hidden. When it comes time to do the Avodah, when you're actually lighting the candles, do you see that there's a miracle there? No, you just see oil. What does that mean? is that when you're actually making decisions, you're using your logic. But what are the decisions based on? They're based on the foundation of Torah Mitzvah and Kabbalah Salmat But it's not recognizable at that moment. The second option is, it's a miracle in Eichus, meaning is that the miracle happens also once, but, it, but, but when you come to light the menorah, you see, oh, wait a second, so let's say it's the third day, there's only six eighths of oil there. And then you come back the next morning, last the whole night. So anybody who sees what's going on, you say, oh, there's something special about that oil. There's, 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 there's a miracle in that oil. What does that mean? That means that the miracle is one moment, but the miracle is continuously recognizable during the, the, the entire Aveda. So in our day-to-day life, what would that mean? Is that a person says Shema in the morning, he's Makabalah B'Mahu Shemaim, but during the entire day, you're able to still see that Kabbalah soul and that Messias Nefesh that he has during the rest of the Aveda. 
And this is what it's explained at the end of Perkhafei of Tanya, that a person always needs to remember. The reason why it says Shema twice a day is because only what it says when the Yidim were leaving the Midbar and going to Eretz Yisrael, Hashemayish Rebbein tells them the mitzvah Shema Yisrael. It says why? Because in the desert, they didn't have this, the same level of involvement in the world. The world of Olam is a Lashon Helam, the Hester. They're being involved in the day-to-day type of life which hides Hashem. Rather, they're in the Midbar, they're studying Torah and Mitzvah. Therefore, what was important is that at one moment of Kabbalah Saul, they knew what they were supposed to do, and then they're able to do it properly, as long as they have the Kabbalah Saul. But once they're going into Eretz Yisrael, they're going into the, the world, then there's constant tests which are, going, which are happening to them. And the only way to really be able to overpower them is by having Kabbalah Saul. But the Rebbe points out, what type of tests are we talking about over here? We're not talking about tests which are negative Torah Mitzvahs. Rather, we're talking about you're in a world, world the, the world itself comes, Oilam comes to Lush and Hell Ambassador, and he's in the world itself, the eloquence is not revealed. So a person has a body, a person has Titus, so there's natural instincts that a person has. When you're part of the world, so there's things that you want to do, things that you think are, are the best things to do, which might be against what Tyra says. So the mysterious Snapfish is that every moment you're realizing that what I'm here, the only thing that's important for me is Hashem, the, 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 and the Tanya over there gives a marshal, or, or gives you, a, maybe I should say, a meditation, that if a person would think that I would be willing, if a person would come to get me to do a Vaidazara, I'd be willing to give up my life not to do this Vaidazara. So therefore, if a person's getting, wants me to do a small Avera, or if a person wants to just uh, be lazy and not do a mitzvah sesay, who doesn't want to learn tired, he's lazy to learn a, a mitzvah. A person should think like this. If I'm willing to give up my, my entire life for Tyra, for not to do a Vaidazara, that means that's the most essential, most important thing to me is my connection to Hashem. So if the most important and essential thing to me is my connection to Hashem, then why am I being lazy and not doing this mitzvah? Or why am I caving into my taiva? I can give up my life, but I can't, I can't overcome a little taiva. It's much, much easier to, to, to overcome a taiva than to give up your life. So if you're willing to give up your life because this is so important for you, so give up this taiva for, you, for yourself. So the Rebbe says, when do you need this type of avayda? This is, your only, this is when you're in part of the world. There, there's a hell of a hester and, and there's trials, there's tribulations. But it's, it, but, if it's, but it's in a normal way. You don't, you're not constantly fighting against the world, but you need that added encouragement that there's other options in front of you. And since there's other options, there's a hell of a lakus. You need that encouragement to say, you know what, what's really important? There's two things in front of me, but, but I need to think. I need to meditate. I think about Hashem. What's important to me? That's Hashem. That's Tara Mitzvah. So that's the oil which is seen during your during the rest of the day. So you're makabal of the by Shema, but you still need to have that revealed to you during the rest of the day to give you that ability uh, to overcome the challenges. The third level is is that when the world is fighting against you, when the world, let's say the time of Hanukkah or the time of Purim, uh, oh, what's Hanukkah over here? When then your brother are, are actively trying to fight against you. It's not. That they're threatening you with death if you do Torah mitzvahs. What we hear is not a regular type of avodah that a person has on a day-to-day type of basis, where it's uh, you know the regular trials and tribulations that we experience. This is talking about situations where a person literally has to go on the serious nefesh. He has to be willing to give up his entire life for Torah mitzvahs. So we hear it's the miracles, the, the miracle, the serious nefesh is revealed every moment. It's not just that there's a roshim that there's a that 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 you think about the Messiah Snapfish and you think about how you'd be willing to, to give up your life for Messiah, for, for Hashem's sake. Therefore, I will do this particular mitzvah and not do this particular there. 
No, it's literally at this particular moment, you're saying, I am going to give up my life for Hashem. It's mysterious nefesh right at this very moment. I'm going to do this mitzvah. I'm not going to do this avera, even though they're fighting against me and threatening me for my life, not to do the, the mitzvah or to do the avera. So that is mysterious nefesh to pile every single moment. That's the third level of right, and that's what was going on during Hanukkah. And that explains why it was docked with the third oifen of the miracle which happened during the time of Hanukkah. It's because at that time of Hanukkah, it was a mysterious nefesh papil every single moment, for both the Rufnis and the Gashmis. Therefore, the miracle, when they overcame the enemies, what was the miracle that Hashem showed to them? Hashem showed to them this miracle, nin 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 nice, that the oil is being consumed and not consumed. It's a miracle every moment because mysterious nefesh, the nest by them, which was Amida Amida, the nest by each individual was revealed at every moment. So therefore, the miracle was also at every single moment. The other two options, or at other periods of time. So uh, for, for Elisha, that there was, there were, there was, and Elisha, the record points out he was a Navi, he was a Tzaddik, so therefore the, the miracle that happened by him, and Elisha Shanamas, which I think was also Tzaddik, was probably also Tzaddikus, it was a one-moment miracle, because that's what was needed by them, because they're Tzaddikim. Then we have the miracle of, uh, by Sarva Rivka. Sarva Rivka, um, Sorry, just uh, looking for the Lashon of the Rebbe over here. He says, by uh, Sarah was shame ban, she yer lamat levar barum. So we know that the Indian of Sarah She's, it says Avram was the body, was the neshama, Sarah is the body. Sarah is the idea of ban. That meaning is that Sarah is the body, what the purpose of the body is to be able to avar, to purify and to elevate the body. So that's what the idea of Sarah is, and, and doesn't go into so much Rutka, but assuming it's the same idea that Avram was the neshama and Sarah is the body, same thing with Yitzchak and Rutka. There is the body, there is the, the, what needs to be in bar. That means you're going into the world, and the purpose of going into the world is to be able to elevate the world. So that's the choyshuch of the oilimus of, of biyah, that then it needs to be a zikar in the Messiris Nefesh, be gili b'meshachayeh. So when you're being involved with the oilim, there needs to be a Messiris Nefesh, which is, uh, to a certain extent, revealed during the rest of the day. By Elisha, it says, Elisha hayam navi, gilat saida v'adavia, that by navi, it says, Hashem reveals the secret to the navi. Adam ha-machriz mashmiya, person announces and lets, lets be known what Hashem wants. Hanisim shalosh b'suvim hanal, even this that Elisha was able to do miracles, that came because of Elisha's haftacha, who was himself a Navi, that you'll have twice my spirit upon you, be able to do twice the amount of miracles. So that's a, a time period or an individual, which is an union of Gilior. So why was it by Elisha that the miracle was in this way? Because he was a Navi and his ability to do these brachas and do these miracles was because he was a Navi and because of Elisha, Eliyahu who was a Navi. Therefore, it was enough, the Messiah Snafesh, which is at the beginning of the day.